What is up guys, it's Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you from the office desk. Uh, it is Halloween. Uh, I am late recording this. I should normally do them a day ahead of time. Uh, this one is the morning of Wednesday. It's Halloween. Um, I do not have a scary mask on. Uh, normally my face is pretty fucking scary as it is, so no need to mask up. Uh, I'm always dressed up like a homeless garbage man, so, <clears throat> you know. It just kind of fits for today. Today's the one day I can get away with looking like how I look. So hopefully you guys are taking your little ones out if you have them. Um, I saw several things on Facebook. Um, people using scouts and trucks and whatnot for yard art and decorations and sticking corn stalks in them and shit like that. So uh, yeah, it's apparently that season um john had a good one with the uh axe murderer and the rolled over scout and whatever it was creative we'll say that uh so halloween's not really one i get behind uh i don't know i don't have kids or anything like that so it's uh you know once i turned about 25 uh the halloween parties and all that shit kind of wore off and it's just a pain in the ass getting dressed up and all that. But anyway, that's not what we're here for. We're here to talk about internationals. But first, uh, got to talk about the calendar. Uh, birthday cruise, March 16th through the 19th, 2019. Uh, Bakersfield, California, Route 66, headed east. If you can join in, please join in. If you're interested, let me know. Uh, I have a permanent post on the IH Scout uh, Mafia or truck and Ma truck and Scout Mafia page. Jesus, uh, so there's some details there too. Uh, you can chime in if you're interested in going, but uh, it should be a good time. Uh, and it's only open to international vehicles only. So uh, yeah, don't bring your power stroke powered Ford. Uh, what else is on there? Nothing else on the docket right now. Um, but never know what might pop up. Some haul out of nowhere or something. But, uh, thank you everybody for listening. I appreciate it. Picking up new listeners every day. New subscribers. Uh, new, uh, pledges on Patreon. Uh, I just really appreciate all you guys. Appreciate everything. Thank you. Thank you so much for all that. Um, you know, it's, this isn't, you know, I know it's just like, oh, you just sit down and talk for half an hour. And yeah, that's true. But there's, you know, this is a half hour. I could be doing something in the shop, uh, you know. So I just end up stretching my day out another half hour. <laughs> so anyway, um, thank you guys. Uh, please give me some feedback if there's something you want to hear about uh, or topics I should cover. I have no notes or anything for today. I'm going solely off the seat of my pants. Uh, so I'm going to be all over the place. I'm sure one topic I want to cover right off the bat is with the current crop of new scout owners and international owners in general, 
Uh, there's a huge wave right now of people on the Facebooks asking for help when they have no business either working on them or, um, you know, uh, or, or or they're asking for help and they're mechanical, but they go, oh, I don't know scouts. I don't know. I don't know anything about international. So obviously I'm just going to not even try and I'm just going to ask for help. Uh, and so there's there's a lot of that out there right now and there's nothing wrong with asking for help there is something wrong with <laughs> go lay down see there's my dogs in the office i'm not lying when i say that i'm in the in the office break room dog kennel bathroom like it's true there's roadies running around here with her cone on because she had her cyst abscess taken out of her guts the other day and whatever but <laughs> sorry i'm sorry to digress go lay down she's got her cone on and she's running into everything <laughs> go lay down <laughs> I, i'm sorry <laughs> but that's what happens around here that's what uh <laughs> that's what goes on so anyway um, current crop of new owners who give zero shits about trying to figure stuff out. They just, you know, want to go right to Facebook and ask for the question. You know, if you're on the Mafia page, you saw me go rounds with a guy that claims to be like a Uber John Deere mechanic. And he posts all this stuff about how he checked this and check that and trace this and continuity that. And then... A couple of us were like, um, are the, is the gauge working? Is this working? Is that working? And he's like, oh yeah, no, that's totally working. And I've traced all the wires end to end and, and then come to find out, um, the problem of his charging issue was that a wire was cut behind the dash and then taped up. And my thought was, well, you said the gauge was working and the wire that you found cut and taped off is what works the gauge. So either you're a lying sack of shit or you're too fucking lazy and you didn't do what you said you did. You just said it to shut us up on the internet. Um, so don't do that. Don't be that guy. If you didn't check something, man up and admit that you didn't check it. If you did check it and you checked it wrong, admit that. And then when you get called out about it, because if you're on the mafia page, I'm going to fucking call you out. Uh, so if I call you out, then don't just shrug your shoulders and be like, oh, well, I fooled you. I got you to help me. And, you know, like that's such a bullshit attitude. And then to brag about being some master mechanic and not even know to trace wires end to end or or to do it and then the sad part is is that guy was charging someone else money to do that job so he charged some guy to fix his scout had no business working on a scout then comes to the forum and asks for spoon feeding somebody spoon feeds him a wiring diagram and then you know then he fixes it i guess i mean he said he fixed it but who knows if he lies about the other shit uh, you know, and then charges somebody money for it. So really, 
it's i mean i feel like the guy that answered his question spoon fed him on the mafia page should have got some money from it like seriously like if you're gonna use people as a resource like that and then you know it just that irritates me i guess but uh yeah so that sort of stuff uh, is is pretty rampant right now uh, especially guys that they claim to be mechanical and then go default immediately to i don't know anything about scouts but really it's still wiring it's still one end to the other it's still positives and negatives you know yeah all the wires are green okay if you've got a tester if you've got a fucking meter you can still check continuity you can still figure stuff out uh you know most of the scouts and trucks that come through here half of the electrical tape is unwrapped anyways you can damn near trace the wires visually uh not to mention that they have numbers on them uh a lot of them do i know some of these things the numbers are written in like powdered sugar so as soon as you touch the wire they just disappear uh so that can be frustrating too but um you know just having you can't claim to be super mechanical and uh, and a great mechanic and then not do the simplest things like that so keep that in mind if you are a novice and you're you, there's something that's over your head and you're gonna take it to a shop or a guy or a buddy that's mechanical quote unquote um you know keep that sort of stuff in mind because it's it's too easy to to fall for uh shady dudes like that that are like oh yeah i can totally fix that and then they immediately just come to facebook and look for someone to give them the answer uh so that was a that was a pet peeve of mine and you know like i said everyone needs help we all ask for ask questions on on various forums and stuff i mean god knows i did for years i still do something comes up that i don't know my way around uh, after exhausting my resources with the book or with google or whatever then yeah i'll ask um it's not very often anymore but i still do ask uh i'm not i'm not bagging on guys that ask questions i'm bagging on guys that won't do the work beforehand they just instantly go for the spoon feed uh answer but <clears throat> anyway that uh that irritates the shit out of me um so a follow-up on the d-series talk from uh, monday's pod i forgot to mention the rear dump manifolds that's a very uh, 74 and 5 specific thing the uh the trucks had different manifolds right to left and they also dumped out the back of the block instead of out the middle like all the other ones because of the side mount motor mounts side mount meant you had to have different exhaust those manifolds are very hard to find they're poorly designed and they break right in the middle they're very thin i have a couple here that are broken and they're they're thin um so it's kind of no wonder that they broke the way that they're cast and everything it just uh yeah it wasn't a very good design it looks like it was very rushed and not well thought out um which kind of is the international way uh, sometimes if you've ever really spent some time around 
the models, uh, you know, the, the eighties. So in my opinion, the eighties, uh, 61 to 65 scout eighties, very well thought out, laid out nice. I like the gauges. Everything makes sense. Um, the way they come apart, the way they go together. Like to me, it's a, it's a polished, refined rig. Uh, even a 66 800 still pretty nice. I like the gauges, the way they go together. It all makes sense. Fixed windshield. I get it. 67. So now the Bronco came out in 66, V8, all that. So international goes into fucking scramble mode in 67. And they throw a V8 out there and four speed and a bunch of shit and what do they do but they have a tunnel cover with a big bump in it and a removable panel to access the shifter the backup light on the four speed they just throw more leaf springs at the um at the front end they move the steering box to the outside of the frame on the v8s and the six cylinder trucks and it's just the most like half-ass the, the to me the va 800s are like my least favorite because there's so much weight up front there's just like it's just a total afterthought everything about the v8 800 was like what do we do here? I don't know. Just make a panel. And they're like, well, what about this? They're like, I don't know. Add more leaf springs. Uh, you know, and it just was like, what the hell is going on? You know, nobody stepped back and was like, whoa, guys, we need to think about this a little more thoroughly. It was just add some shit and put some more stuff on it here. And we'll just move the radiator forward. And who cares about how big the radiator is? Because it doesn't matter. We just got to have one. And you're like, ah what is the fuck is going on you know and so the same thing is like that in my opinion with the 74 and 5 uh pickups they've changed the frame and suspension layout and all that uh, which does it works but you know the engine with the setback and everything they're like ah damn it <laughs> what about exhaust and somebody's like shit i don't know here let's make these manifolds and then they're just like thin super rough <laughs> they're different from side to side which kind of goes against everything that international did forever i mean the trucks are so symmetrical uh and the scouts all that you know it's all uh, just like everything is the same right to left the scouts have all this the holes in the floor everything for right hand drive or left hand drive uh, all that stuff is symmetrical. And then in the 74 and 5 pickups and travel alls, they're like, ah, shit, I don't know. Let's make this one like this and like that one like that. And we'll just fucking hope for the best. And no one will notice because we're going out of business in a few years anyways. Like, it just it just had a terrible, terrible feel. Uh, and then same thing with the Traveler and uh, Terra at 76. They were like, you know, oh, shit, we don't have a pickup anymore. What are we going to do? I know. We'll just lengthen a scout, add a shitty filler panel and a frame frame patch, and we'll sell it as a truck. They'll love it. You know, it's like, God, you guys couldn't have thought out that floor pan a little better or, or any of that stuff. Like, it just, 
they're just terrible afterthoughts in my opinion. And, and if you've worked on enough of them, you'll start to, you'll see that yourself, you know, like the way the, the traveler and terror rear floors are. I mean, yeah, I get it. You use a scout two floor. Um, and then that extension panel, but still, I think they could have come up with something a little bit cleaner. Um, it's just, it's just a terrible afterthought. And I know everyone's like, well, don't, don't bag on the brand, man. And I'm, you know, part of my love for these rigs is noticing its faults, noticing the, the shortcomings that they had. So one, I can correct them or I can develop products that make them better. Um, you know, so it's funny that way that stuff goes. It just international seemed to be the king of afterthoughts. Anytime something came up that caught them off guard, they were just like, ah, uh, shit, let's do this. I don't know. So, uh, and you'll see it. If you really poke around and take a look at, at some of the different models, especially like I say, 67, 68, 800s is a good example. Uh, 74 pickups and travel alls, uh, 76 terrors and travelers. Those are all great uh, examples of ridiculous rushed engineering. Um, and then, you know, we're talking about ridiculous models. We can't talk about ridiculous models and not talk about wagon masters. And I know I left them out of the D series talk on Monday uh, because they're just. They're such a fucking animal, just a weird laid out. That's, you know, and the story is that the guys on the line, the assembly line are, you know, invented or created that model for towing fifth wheels. And apparently no one thought about how fifth wheels attach and how they need to be set in the body because to tow a fifth wheel correctly with a wagon master, it has to be behind the axle and the tailgate gets left half open. And like, you want to talk about a terrible afterthought, like that's the, that's it right there. And, and if anybody's ever worked on a, a wagon master, um, the back, it's all like, it's got, what do you call it? I don't want to say bonnet. It's like it's like this weird putty shit that they use to fill in, and the whole back panels are full of them. Normally, I know Mike Moore at Scout Co is in the middle of uh, doing a diesel swap on a and a frame off on one for JJ, and uh, you know he's posted pictures of it, and it's just the whole back section where the bulkhead is and the back window is just loaded with filler and all kinds of shit and it's you know there's a reason why they only made like 2500 of those things because they were so specific like who wanted a four foot bed you know uh or five foot or whatever they are they're super short they're unibody you know because it's a travel all with the back window moved forward um so they were a weird i mean the tailgate was gigantic because it was just a travel all tailgate with no glass in it uh you know just a bunch of shit like that that was just i mean i can't believe they let that thing leave the factory i had one for a while uh about geez 16 15 16 years ago it actually was pretty nice it was a two-wheel drive um 392 all that it was it was nice i ended up selling it to a guy in 
uh, just down the road from Bill Hamilton up there on the islands in, in Washington. But uh, I don't ever know what happened to it. But yeah, it was uh, it was a sweet truck. And I, I liked it for the uniqueness of it. But uh, functionality wise, they're damn near worthless. Uh, you know, they're they're like the early version of the Avalanche. And the, there's a reason why the Avalanche has certain features like the removable bulkhead and the back window that comes down and that kind of stuff. Again, it was some more of International's uh, crazy engineering and just doing whatever, which kind of falls under the umbrella of what the sales guys used to do with the, you know, oh, you want that, you know, even though it says in the brochure that they won't do it, we're, we'll we'll do it, you know, like, oh, you want to overdrive five speed in your 60s pickup? Well, I'm sure we can take one from a Lodestar and make it work. Those early, the 60s five speed conversions were some crazy the shifter on them's all like goosenecked down and around. And if you had air conditioning, it was even worse. I don't know how you shifted those things anyways. The, the pattern's all fucked up and everything's just weird. But uh, yeah, those, those five-speed conversions in the early, in the 60s trucks were just gnarly. Uh, you know, and that's why I talk about the line set ticket when these guys are going on about how they're, truck came from the factory with a Detroit diesel or something, you know, it's like, well, they did a lot of crazy shit, but I'm not sure they would go that crazy. Most of the engine conversion uh, stuff that I've seen has always been aftermarket. And it might be that the dealer had it done. Uh, I, I know of one travel all with that instance where it literally got delivered to the dealership. The dealer had it um, done with uh i want to say it was a perkins diesel and then uh then sold on the lot with the perkins in it <clears throat> but uh you know that just that's a very rare instance so the line set ticket always helps uh nail down any kind of discrepancies in the stories um and i've seen that a few times where guys swear up and down that something is one way and or the other way and and then, you know, they do get a line set ticket and it's not that way. Sometimes they'll be cool about it. And other times they're like, this is wrong. You know, my dad wouldn't lie to me. Like, well, maybe he did. <laughs> you know, dads have been known to lie about stuff. I don't know. But anyway. Um, so, yeah. So those are those are some of my favorite things. So if, if you guys are out looking at rigs and you see one of those models, you know, or if you have one and you never thought about it, go take a look at it sometime and, and, uh, yeah, just see what I'm talking about. Cause there are, there's some, some funny, funny little differences. Uh, you know, speaking of line set tickets, you, sometimes they're still in the truck from the factory, uh, and you'll find them like the D series. Like I talked about, they're behind the glove box. Um, I have a video on YouTube about locating those. On the Scout 2s, they were taped to the top of the glove box, but on the Scouts, they were cardboard glove box, and so a lot of times they just deteriorate and they're gone. Or you try to take the glove box out and you end up mangling it, getting it out. So um, they're a little harder to get. The 800s, I've seen it glued to the floor on the passenger side um, 
upper part of the floorboard. Um, and so it's almost always gone in that respect. They're almost never there. Um, the C series trucks, they're all over the place. I've seen them stuffed, uh, you know, in the back seat or behind in the, I'm sorry, in the seat back. Uh, I found them there. I found them, uh, in the, on the sun visor. Um, my 56 that I got from Haas, it was actually glued to the sun visor, which I still don't understand that move. Um, but yeah, so you know, look around, give your rig a once over my 73 scout too. When I was getting ready to take the top off of it for the first time, uh, I found a company newsletter or like the union newsletter for the factory in Fort Wayne stuffed in the headliner. And it was a hilarious read because it had like who won the bowling tournament that month and whose kids got the, the plant scholarship and what's going on and, you know, union minutes and all that sort of stuff. And it was so funny to see, you know, the, what was going on in 1973 when my scout was built. Um, you know, it was, it was just, it's funny. It's, it's funny what you find in these. So, um, you know, take a little time, poke around, see what you can find. You might get lucky and find that line set ticket somewhere. Uh, which I've seen line set tickets ruin guys too because they find out that they've their VINs have been swapped. That that happens a lot in the 80s and 800s because the VIN plate is so easy to remove and nobody knows where the other uh, VIN number is. So they just change the plate. They don't have a title. They end up with a title and a VIN plate from another scout or a rec scout and change them over. So there's been quite a few guys with like, I mean, they're 800s. They are 67, 68, 800s, uh, you know, V8s, whatever. And they're titled as like 6380s because that's the VIN plate they had. So um, sometimes the line set tickets will uh, show you where you got screwed in your sale too. So um, they can be good and they can be bad, but I still recommend everybody find a line set ticket and... Uh, or, you know, get yours from Super Scout or IH Parts or wherever. Uh, and and then you'll know for sure. And it's nice to have that if you ever do, God forbid, need to sell your rig. It's nice to have that um, piece of paper to go with it so that people can see what, you know, what your rig had. So anyway, uh, this is where I'm going to call it for today. Thank you guys for listening. Um, again, let me know if you have any feedback. Uh, Binder Boneyard Podcast at Gmail. Uh, you can hit me on all the socials, Binder Boneyard, follow the YouTube channel. We should be dumping some fresh content there very shortly and, uh, you know, all that stuff. So appreciate it. Appreciate the Patreon support. Everyone, love you so much. And uh, I'll catch you later. Mm-hmm.